Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. I am here with you in our barn studio here in Upcountry, South Carolina, in a beautiful, beautiful day here today. Fall, I believe, is about 12 days away. We're seeing the brutality of the South Carolina sun and the humidity starting to ease up, giving us a bit of breathing room. And I know some of my dear friends, when I spoke in Dayton, Texas, and then over in Alabama, in uh, Smithville, Mississippi, and over in Hamilton, Alabama, and even in Oklahoma, oh my goodness, this summer, the humidity was absolutely staggering. And so we're getting a bit of a respite here. And uh, I thank you so much for your prayers and support. I'll be heading back out on my final fall run throughout uh, the area. I'm heading back up to Pennsylvania in October, over to Tennessee in late October, into Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky in November. And the, uh, the, the opportunities are there to be able to see you as I'm traveling around the country before the, uh, the, the, the real bad traveling weather sets in, in which I'll be dedicating the winter months here in the barn and doing as much online uh, classes, Zoom classes, um, online morning teaching as much as possible on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, and then, of course, uh, as I said, evening classes with Zoom. I'll share some more things about uh, those. I'm very excited as we are finishing up uh, our wonderful webmaster, JR, is finishing up our new site, and it will give you access to the many different TikTok videos uh, uh, talking about the wonders of heaven. And we'll have that for you, and I'll make that announcement later on, but we are full gear in getting that done. Right now, we are full gear into talking about Revelation chapter 15. Whenever we look at this passage, we are looking at, as we talk and review, about God's justice. We're looking in heaven, and when we see this, we're talking about the uh, seven angels with the seven last plagues. And with them, we see something very striking in verse 1. These last plagues are in bowls, and it's filled up with the, quote, wrath of God. This is very fearful. But when we see this, we also see something else. There were these ones, the plagues are set aside for harps. There's a song that's being sung, verse 3, the song of Moses and of the song of the Lamb. It's one song. They are continually singing it. We talked about it last uh, podcast. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of saints, which we talked about, King of the nations, King of kings. Now let's continue on as we're looking at this passage here, and let's read through the rest of the chapter and go as far as we can as we're looking at it in talking about this wonderful, wonderful truth of Revelation chapter 15. I'm going to start reading now in verse 4 and then continue on to the end of the uh, chapter. It's not a long chapter, but there's a great depth here. So I'll go as far as I can in our talk and our time here. Now they're still singing now. The angels are still singing. Wonderful. Can you imagine the chorus singing this? And we continue on. 
Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and will worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. And out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with those seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen with gold sashes around their chests. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the sanctuary till the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. What a magnificent chapter. Only eight verses long. But look at what it's talking about. I mean, the sanctuary having so much glory that people cannot enter it. Four living creatures giving the bowls of God's judgment, the reminder of the eternality of this God. Isaiah 57, 15 says that he inhabits eternity, lives forever and ever, verse 7. These angels, clothed in pure bright linen, golden sashes around their chests, all of this in the sanctuary of the tent. This is an amazing thing. Let's start in verse uh, 4, go as far as we can in our time today. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? That's a rhetorical question if we ever heard one. I mean, think about it. Is there anybody that's not going to glorify the Lord uh, on here? All nations, it said, will come worship before you. We saw that in the last, uh, the last verse there. We had seen him, uh, them talking about this, glorifying the Lord's name uh, uh, during this time. And as they are singing here, we're saying God indeed is worthy when they see this. And why is he worthy? Because you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. Your righteous acts, well, we've seen them. They've been revealed. I want to emphasize this. A lot of times when we talk about the Lord, we'll talk about his attributes of eternality, of love, of omniscience, the all-knowing God, omnipresence. Well, he's everywhere. But we don't really emphasize the greatest, I see, and the most important attribute of God is that he's holy. We are called to be holy as he is holy. But when we see that in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, it's called a communicable attribute, which means we can be like that. See, I can't be eternal, but I can be holy. Only God is eternal. I had a beginning. God has no beginning. He's outside of time. But in this wonderful attribute, I can be that way. You be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1.16. Well, what does this mean? Well, we talked about this sacred separateness. May we never forget, God is not like us. God has his ways, his holy ways, and we worship him for that. The holiness of the Lord. I want you to think about this. And the Bible gives you a cascading list of verses on the holiness of Yahweh. Psalm 60 and verse 6, God speaks in his holiness. Psalm 47 and verse 8, God sits on the throne of his holiness. Psalm 111 verse 9, holy is his name. His very name is holy. Exodus chapter 15 verse 11, he is majestic in holiness. 
1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2 tells you there's no one holy as the Lord. And of course, we know the number three is the number of completeness. Three times the angels in Isaiah 6.3 call out, recognizing God. Not saying uh, power, 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 or knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. They say holy, holy, holy. 1 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 20. Who can stand before this holy Lord God? He is holy and he alone is holy. All nations will come and worship you. You are worthy for that, and your righteous acts have been revealed. We see your justice. The call in Revelation chapter 6 is, Lord, when will you bring your justice? He said, a little while longer. And now we see this. Now we look in chapter 15 and verse 5. After this I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent, it says in the ESV, this tent could be tabernacle. The sanctuary of the tabernacle of the witness in heaven was opened. Now let's take a look at that and let's see what this is talking about here. When we see the emphasis in the previous verse on God, now we're looking and seeing something coming out of that praise. The seven angels, we see them. They are being given a a complete description on who they are. But let's start with this. The tabernacle is being introduced. After these things I look, behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. All right. So when we look at this, we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 9, when we see this, the covenant that I made with our fathers in a day, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, they continued not in my covenant. I regarded them not, says the Lord. God had a walk with them, the nation of Israel, During the time of Moses, he took them out of the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. And what happened? We had a movable church, a movable tabernacle. The temple was called the tabernacle. All right. Now, the heavenly tabernacle is right here. We're not looking at the earthly tabernacle. God is telling us, I'm with you here. I am giving the judgments here. Out of the temple came the seven angels having the seven plagues. Now, what's happening here? Well, obviously, it's judgment time. It's the righteous time. They came from where? Well, they didn't come over the horizon. They came from the heavenly temple. They came from the throne of God. Isn't it fascinating when we hear of those that were at the throne of God, such as Gabriel, whenever we read in Daniel chapter 9 Gabriel says, I was at the throne of God, and I've come down to tell you a prophecy. God has pleased, Daniel, with your prayer. Come from the throne of God. And all of these angels, as Gabriel did, represent God's authority, God's power, not their own. They're given a wonderfully specific uh, appearance here. Pure, bright linen, and their chests are girded with golden bands. So we see this in here, that everything, when we saw the picture of God on his throne, what was he wearing? This pure, this white linen, his hair was white like wool. When we see the description of him, we see a wonderful thing. As we look in Daniel, we're talking about Daniel chapter 7. He was known as the Ancient of Days. His head and his hair or white like wool, signifying uh, not only purity, but wisdom with age, and of course the purity here, 
the righteousness here is also in his messengers representing him. They are going out. Their chests are girded with golden bands. This is also reminding you of the deity they are representing. Anytime you see gold in the Bible, it represents deity. It represents godness. Now, the bowls are given to them. They do not invent them on their own. They don't create them. They're given by God. One of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven bowls of the full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Now, when this happens, then the response is that God's glory is then uh, shown. These bowls, they're, they're not like deep bowls that we would talk about here in America. These are kind of like saucers. We give the idea they'll be spilled out quickly. They aren't poured out gently. These are all you know, d- being taken. We understand that these are used many times in uh, different religious ceremonies, these saucers and such. And so they're poured out, and when they have them, uh, they are giving uh, the uh, appearance of a splashing, quick, very vast judgment here. Because of what's going to happen, the smoke from the glory of God and from his power, these bowls are showing that there is a glory of God through all of this judgment. Whenever something happens in our life, We can always look to the glory of God. When we're going through a trial, God wants us to look closer to him. When we're going through a happy time, we can share God's goodness and draw closer to him. But many times we say, oh, you know, I I had a relative. When things were going well, he was in church. He would sit up near the front. He would give a generous offering to the pastor. He was a self-employed person. But when things went bad, you would not find him in church. It was almost like the, the, the thinking was like it's a celestial poker game. When you get a good hand, you're happy with everybody, you want to buy drinks on the house and such. When things go bad, you want to fold and leave. And that's what I got growing up. I would notice this one and hear about this one uh, family member who would do that and uh, take the pastor out to dinner when things are going well. Everything's going well, but when things go bad, well, I don't see God's goodness. I don't see God's glory. Right here we're reminded, even in judgments, God's glory will be shown. No one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. This means once it starts, it will not stop. We talked about this in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and verse 3. The time is at hand. We looked at the Greek phrase, en tekai, the speediness of it. We looked at the other word uh, for uh, the time, engus. It could happen at any time. Both let you know, those, both of those Greek phrases and wordings tell you that once the dam breaks, no one can put the bricks back. Once the explosion starts, no one can take the pieces and reform the container. It is all too far. The line has been crossed. The judgment, it, it, it will not go back. Irreversible, you might want to say. Nothing, no one, no situation is going to stop it. This is telling us right now, when this happens, all of this. Someone asked me today on one of the live uh, videos classes, and they said this, and this has actually happened in times past, come to think of it. Somebody says, well, when you get to heaven, or I'm sorry, when you go into death, and you are not a believer, well, then, you know, kind of in death, you realize what you did wrong, and you can kind of change your mind and, and get saved. 
And of course, there was a heretical book put out that would purport this. And if I'm understanding, the author of that book is not even in the Christian faith now. But no, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, it's appointed man once to die, and after this, the judgment. There are no do-overs, there's no reincarnation, there's no second chances. This is all something that goes, uh, tests God's patience, and he is moving now, and he is making his work happen. There is no change. God is immutable in this and unchanging God. And that's what's happening. We thank the Lord that in this unchangingness, he will not change his mind about my salvation. Romans chapter 8 tells me, nothing will separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, that his gifts and his calling are without repentance. They are irrevocable, as it says in Romans chapter 11 and verse 29, and so are his judgments. We see it here. We'll talk some more about this in our next podcast. This is Brad. Thank you so much for being with me. We have now completed Revelation 15, moving on to the next step in Revelation chapter 16. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.